imagine all the people. We're doing that, right, guys? That's how we're starting this off. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, folks. See, we can still make jokes. Uh, welcome to Aunt Waveland. This is the Chicago Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I'm Brett Taylor, joined as uh, always by Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney. We are here to discuss... Oh, Cubs stuff, life stuff, fun stuff, uh, informative stuff, all kinds of stuff. Uh, it is uh, Friday morning, and we are going to get into some uh, substantive Cub topics, but I think uh, worthwhile, like we should do with those around us right now. Uh, just, you know, a little, little check-in. How's everybody doing? How, uh, you know, like, I know you were painting some bathrooms last week, Sahadev, and... <laughs> You had still, yeah, I, think, I think, a few, few thousand to go. Yeah, I, it's it's been put on pause because I'm losing my mind uh, trying to be a teacher as well oh, uh, yes. as coming up with ideas to be a writer as well. So it's it's uh, I, I give all the I think if there's one thing that everyone is going to appreciate more uh, at the at the end of all this, it'll be teachers. Like who knows how long we're <laughs> going to be teaching our kids. And we're all going to go insane because we all realize like these people have insane amounts of patience uh, and just uh, like I, I, they're saints. I don't know how they deal with <laughs> with so many children on a daily basis. I'm trying to teach my own kids and I'm like, how do you not understand this? And then I'm like, oh, God, I got to <laughs> calm down. I need to I need a timeout. Go in the go in the corner and calm yourself down. No, no scolding the kids for not understanding long division. Uh, so, so that's a, where, I, luckily I think the, the teachers have realized that the parents are losing their minds as well. And Friday is basically like, yeah, we're making this a long weekend. Just have your kids read a couple things and then maybe do uh, one little, you know, one little nice thing for the day. And, and that's it. Friday's, uh, your, your past day here. Let's, let's start the weekend early and everyone can, can try and figure this out over the weekend. We're taping at. 9 30 chicago time and i i can't speak for sahade but i haven't had a drink yet so that's good you know uh <laughs> yet this morning uh but otherwise uh yeah being completely patient with my kids at all times uh definitely not being distracted <clears throat> not uh constantly hitting refresh on twitter and freaking out uh, about the end of the world and uh looking forward to a nice little walk here uh once we're done <laughs> uh taping uh otherwise uh did enjoy collaborating with Sahadev on our 10 thoughts piece I found that to be I'm sure Brett you feel the same way it's good to like writing is such a process uh such a you know essential part of like our days and it feels good to do something even if in the grand scheme of things it's not really all that important yeah I mean I think it's it's um obviously we do it just like we do this podcast to provide people just something to um, be entertained and informed by, but like, we also like, <laughs> not to say that I don't always look forward to podcasting with you guys, my, my good chums, <laughs> but like, I just feel, especially now I'm like, Oh, well this morning I get to podcast. So I got, uh, I got something I'm getting into. And, um, but yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I got to agree with Sahada if the, the teacher thing. So my wife is a teacher and so she is, uh, both doing the the parenting instructional side and also she has to teach her kids uh, like her students at the same time and 
like I tried to help because I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, that's a lot, honey. And we found within a day or two that it's actually way more productive and efficient if I just get the hell out of there and let uh, let Gretchen handle <laughs> both sides of it. Because you're right, I do not have like the the skill set of imparting knowledge in a way that uh, you have to balance against kid needs and kid inattention and kid drama. Is uh, that is a skill set that I do not have. So God bless the teachers of America. I do want to uh, give myself a little props, if I may, that, uh, you know, a common theme, I think, for a lot of people who are homebound right now is they're going to notice projects or things that they've, like, wanted to do forever and put off, kind of like what Sada was mentioning with the bathrooms. And we had this leak, like, at the in the, I don't know what you call it, but it's like the drain pipes on the side of the house that has just driven me crazy forever. And I thought we got it fixed and then we didn't. And then we had big rain yesterday and I could see that it was clearly not fixed. And I was just like, that's it. I went over to our, like just on a dime, went over to the neighbors. They had a giant, one of those giant sliding ladders cause needed that to get up to the spot. Uh, had the neighbor kid who's uh, at home from college. I'm like, hey man, you want something to do? You want to help me with this? So he came, I climbed up, uh, you know, again, it was sort of, surprisingly high, a little shaky, uh, but got it done, got it fixed. And I was like, hell yeah, that's right. Eat it, coronavirus. I just fixed my leak. So, uh, you know, I'm going to try to try to carry that forward with me. And uh, like we said, want uh, want the podcast to also, like, I think for a while, this will probably be a little format. We'll, we'll just check in on life and uh, provide listeners opportunity to kind of just be you know, in a, I don't know, removed way, hanging with some people. And then also we'll, we'll transition to talking about the Cubs, obviously. And before we start going down the road of um, maybe some more time insensitive topics that we'll be getting into in the coming weeks, we did want to um, kind of take one last look at the, it's this idea that, so spring training is over man it's it is over and it's been over for a long time there are obviously still a handful of guys at camps around the country um where it just makes sense for them to stay and just kind of get in their exercise but for all intents and purposes spring training is completely shuttered and that means that they there's going to be this period of complete uh inactivity and separation from whenever it is that spring training part two kicks up and so against that backdrop, we thought it would be a useful discussion to just to take a look at a few topics um, through that lens of like, OK, there was this normal start to a process of spring training and what the conversations and what the expectations look like about that. And now there's a shutdown that necessarily transforms the way you think about those very same topics. And uh, I think it makes for an interesting discussion and in Sahadev and Patrick got into this a little bit in their piece of the athletic. And so it's, it's, it's definitely worth your time today when you're looking for something to consume that will um, kind of ease your mind a little bit. But the thing that's been sticking with me because you see it in relation to so many players is the idea that f uh, when it comes to the roster, particularly for the Cubs this year, you know, there was a little bit to sort out at second base and center field and, you know, 26th man and that, but really a lot of what the, the biggest chunk of evaluation was obviously going to come in the bullpen because the Cubs had gone with a, you know, low cost, high upside retool, some veterans kind of approach where they were going to have upwards of 
at least half of the spots in their bullpen genuinely available for guys to win in spring training. You don't see that very often. And there were a lot of um, factors that were going to indicate who was going to take those spots, not only from performance, but also roster uh, options, injuries, recovery timelines, all these kinds of things that were going to inform that decision-making process. And now, again, not talking about the specific pitchers, because that's going to vary pitcher to pitcher through this time period of a shutdown, but like the way that you think about formulating your bullpen from this group is going to be totally different in spring training part two than it, it was in spring training part one. And that's like really wild to me to just think in the abstract that it's going to be in an almost entirely new process. Uh, Brett, I just want to clarify. You're saying that because the season is going to look so different. Oh, or, or... well, so no, two things. So it's okay. I'll, let me, let me be particular. I was, I was setting you up to kind of be the hero to get to be like, yeah, because <laughs> this reason and this reason and this reason people be like, Whoa, so how did well, really saw through he saw through all that, you know, garbled uh peanut butter mouth that Brett was saying and he, you know, hammered it. But yeah, I'm saying because you've got to shut down in time, which can mean good things and bad things, guys will have to ramp back up and that'll mean injuries. That that's just the way it is when guys ramp up. It'll also mean other guys recover from injuries. It'll also mean uh you you've got uh, a different way to think about guys who have options. You know, maybe you aren't as worried about losing them, or maybe you are because rosters are bigger. You know, we, we think that uh, the 26 man roster might actually be uh, quite a bit larger when the season starts. And then you also think about it's a shorter season. So maybe you need to push a little more aggressively and all of these kinds of considerations that are just, I think fundamentally different from an approach where, you know, okay, we're going to have April and May and it's going to be, uh, you kind of got to know what you have. Like we can do our best to put the best guys in place, but until they're really pitching in meaningful games in the regular season, sometimes you don't quite know what you have in a guy. And that, that the ability to think about it that way, uh, among the other things that I said, uh, is going to be very different going forward. Yeah, it's going to be... <laughs> I don't. I mean, first of all, we were looking at a bullpen that seemed to be coming together, right? Uh, I mean, it it looked like it, we, it, you know, with about two weeks to go in in camp, it seemed like the Cubs knew what their bullpen was going to be outside of injuries popping up or just a, a crazy final two weeks for someone, as, you know, at either ends of the spectrum, good or bad. Uh, it it was starting to crystallize. We knew uh, Kimbrel obviously is the closer. You had guys like Winkler and Jeffress stepping up. Uh, all that feels like it's it's out the window, right? Nobody's saying, uh, yeah, I, we, we know what the Cubs bullpen is going to look like when this all gets sorted out. I mean, mostly because nobody's saying anything about baseball because we don't know what's happening. But uh, it, it's just all of that data that they gathered. It, it's, I mean, I guess it's useful in some manner, but it, really it's just – it's really hard to say that that we can continue moving forward and saying that, yeah, I feel really good about uh, the Cubs bullpen coming together. And, and these guys are, are going to be critical parts of setting up for uh, Craig Kimbrell, blah, 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 uh, just because a what you mentioned that we don't know what the season will look like and how relievers are going to uh, be used and b all everything that we've learned from spring training is up in the air. There's so many little things that happened. And 
I felt like that was where the Cubs uh, were starting to convince me that maybe, maybe we were. Uh, what I shouldn't say we. I was a little too down on them coming into the year. They they seem to have picked really hit on a lot of guys that they picked up. Uh, you know, for little to nothing over the over the off season. What if that would have translated into the regular season? It could have blown up immediately in all of our faces, and and we looked foolish for suggesting the bullpen was coming together. But that's just the feeling that 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 was uh, that you know the vibe I was getting from people around the organization and even outside scouts watching those guys. Uh, I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how it's going to look going forward because it's. You don't know, like, will will pitchers, will starters have enough time to really fully stretch out? Uh, how will they look when the season starts? Uh, how many people will be on the roster? How many double headers are they going to try and cram in there? Cram in there whenever the season, uh, if and when it does start up again. Uh, there's so many unanswered questions that trying to figure out what this bullpen uh, should, should be constructed of feels like an impossible task. To me. It, it, kind of my takeaway is just that spring training started with all of this kind of uh, awkwardness of whether it was the Chris Bryant trade rumors, that possibility still kind of hanging out there pretty much all the way up to the point when he actually showed up to the Mesa facility to uh, a lot of rehash of the end of the Joe Madden era. And some of it actually quite, uh, illuminating just hearing some of the back and forth and maybe some of the uh, passive aggressiveness on both sides and players uh, intentionally or not, or whether they were conscious of it or not kind of indicting certain parts of Joe's leadership style while at the same time praising him uh, for being the exact right person at the exact uh, right time. And it seemed like, we get into the middle of March, middle of March, and a lot of that stuff had kind of uh, faded away. There was this sense of normalcy, and whether or not uh, you know David Ross and his presence, whether or not it was kind of a BS narrative, like the players believe the BS narrative, and that's I guess the most uh, important part uh, for a functioning team and um, maybe that's kind of the general optimism at almost any camp in Arizona or Florida uh, a couple weeks out from opening day but the Cubs did to see, seem to be at that point where we weren't you know talking about the luxury tax and uh, you know the trade deadline was still months off and they were, this group is going to kind of have a chance to uh, you know, prove everyone wrong and prove that they should stay together for at least uh, another full season. And obviously now uh, that's all up in smoke. And, you know, I do think at least whenever baseball returns, um, you know, you can point to a group of you know, players who've been together before, who've done, you know, great things. Uh, while David Ross is a rookie manager, he clearly has, a strong relationship with an experienced front office. He has uh, really close bonds with some of his most um, valuable players. And, you know, I guess we'll have to see the final details whenever that is in terms of what a schedule would look like, what a roster uh, would look like. But clearly kind of everything we thought we knew is, is, is thrown out the window at this point. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a really good point about how just how, 
stark the difference was between um, not not even the whole off season, but like in particular the final month leading up to spring training about like what the conversation looked like for what the 2020 Cubs experience was going to be and how quickly that shift shifted just in a couple weeks of spring training. And I, I think kind of like you intimated, I think it went pretty far beyond the typical, you know, energizing of positivity of, well, anything could happen that you see in every single spring training camp throughout baseball forever and eternity. I think it was actually a much harder turn in the conversation than um, certainly outsiders like me uh, were expecting to see. And perhaps a big part of that is kind of what Sahadev was um, alluding to as well, is that like when an area is uncertain and unstable as the bullpen. And so, um, you know, the Cubs really leaned into the risk there. Like that was the approach that they took. And so to have started to feel like, um, oh, maybe they might pull this off. And that wasn't blind optimism. It was um, like even as I watched a lot of those additions at the edges, Ryan Tapera and Dan Winkler and uh, Casey Sadler in particular, you watch their outings and like, you know, I understand all of the the difficulty in evaluating spring training performances. But like when I'm watching these guys, I'm like that those look like big league competitive, big league pitches. Um, and so I, I, you know, I did start to feel like maybe it was a little bit easier to turn the page and be like, look, this is the group. All those conversations are going to go and, you know, it's good. You know, we're going to see what happens, which I think stands in stark contrast to spring training last year where, you know, I don't know how much we were. I feel like we were saying it out loud, but like everyone knew it was Joe Madden's last year. We knew it was the final year of his contract, but I think we knew that it was really going to be his final year. And it felt a little bit like a death march toward a season that was, you know, maybe there's still a lot of talent. I feel like we said that a lot last year. Well, there's, there's still a lot of talent. And um, obviously the year played out almost very much like people expected. And so to have come to this spring training with the artificial opportunities to turn the narrative, like, you know, with David Ross coming in, it's like, okay, fresh start. We can, we can talk about it that way. But like the fact that it actually started to take root um, is pretty compelling, I think. And, and, you know, I hope that won't be entirely forgotten in the attitude of the players and the fans and the commentariat when, you know, spring training part two kicks off. But like a lot of these things that we're talking about that, that are going to be fundamentally transformed by the shutdown, which, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be months. And I think that that is what's going to dominate the conversation in every camp. It's going to be, you know, okay, things were totally shut down. What did that mean for you? What does that mean for you now? How do you um, respond to that? How do you try to make a positive season out of such a weird circumstance where, People, you know, fans really want the experience of a normal, fun distraction, but in a world that's probably very, very changed at that point. So I guess the one upside, like Patrick said, is that at least the Cubs have a manager in place with whom there is so much familiarity that even in a landscape that no one is going to know how to perfectly navigate, at least there's that, you know, relationship in place where um, 
I'm actually writing something about this right now, so I don't want to step on my own toes too much. But, you know, imagine another rookie manager right now that doesn't have that. That's 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 a very challenging yeah. uh, environment. Well, I, I would say that uh, I think Patrick and I were both kind of struck by uh, that it went beyond just the narrative and talking points with with Ross. Uh, we've been we've been hearing about his leadership skills for years, right? Since he <laughs> since he was signed as a free agent by the Cubs, we heard about uh, this stuff, and and and, and you know that people were doubtful about him as a player. I remember how angry people were that he was signed as the backup catcher, just like this guy doesn't provide anything. They're wasting money to get, uh, you know, John Lester's caddy, essentially. They signed and, him and John to Lester get rid feel. of Wellington Castillo. Remember how angry yeah, people yeah. were about so people, You want this guy? Yeah. And, and obviously we know what David Ross ter- turned into for the fans and, and the impact he had in the clubhouse and then obviously on the field as well with the defensively how good he was as a catcher and, and just uh, Game 7 of the World Series. Nobody's going to forget that, of course. Uh, but it, it did feel like he had something to prove to some of us. Uh, I felt like uh, we, we went in thinking, OK, this is Theo's handpicked guy that he's been talking about for years. Uh, let's see it. I want to. I want to listen to this guy. I want to hear what other players have to say about him. I want to hear uh, why this actually matters. And we were hearing real things that that this wasn't just fluff. It went beyond that. I was, I was impressed with it. And now he has a huge challenge in front of him yet again. Uh, it kind of has to reestablish all of that. And I think he, like, if there's anyone that can pull it off, uh. I'm very curious to see how he does it, and I think he will be able to. Uh, when, when the time comes, when baseball com- finally comes back, uh, they have the right person in charge, I believe. I really do. That He, he's, he impressed me enough, and in the, in the way that uh, he really engaged the players, uh, it, it was, it, it, like I said, it wasn't just a... I, I feel like we've... Uh, I've been around players long enough that I can kind of... Uh, filter through the BS. Uh, okay, that was just a talking point. That that was just going to you know your cliche at the back of your mind that you always you know default to. It went beyond that when talking about Ross. Uh, this was something real, and and I think it, it's going to be fascinating to see how they kind of rally around how he can get the team to really rally around at this mo- whenever that moment is and get them focused on baseball again and really. Uh, uh, all the more reason, right, that they have to come out to a hot start if they want to compete. If, whenever this season starts, uh, it's it's not gonna it's it's not gonna be 162 games, and and a and a hot start is essential because you fall behind early. There's there's not the, the six month grind to catch up. Uh, so this is a, it'll be curious. I'll be very curious to see how what his tactics are and how the players respond. I think the Cubs have answered the whole uh, playing with urgency idea that they've uh, narrative that they've recycled for a long time now and i look forward to the day when we can all just rip ross for all of his terrible bullpen decisions because that'll probably happen in like game one or two whenever uh that does actually uh take place and i think just to wrap it up in terms of the pitching stuff we start we were talking about at the outset here of the cubs have talked for years about how they have made kind of changes to their, you know, scouting and development protocols. Uh, Sahadev has written at length uh, about 
the pitch lab and I think this will be a really interesting test and kind of a condensed season if there are like Sahadev saying double headers uh expanded rosters um just kind of a frenetic maybe half season that starts in July just thinking off the top of my head here and uh it will be an interesting opportunity uh and a really unique challenge to see you know how far the Cubs have come in these in in those areas and I think um you know it's not just going to be kind of you know the names we've heard of before I think you know this these last just in the last week we've seen how unpredictable uh things can be and while I think the Cubs are probably well positioned whenever Major League Baseball does resume operations we really have no idea how anyone's going to respond to all of this and I think that will be um really a fun part of it for us once we do finally you know get back to normal yeah I think that's a that's well put that um, we talk about, you know, this, this was an opportunity to talk about what the hiatus is going to mean for the conversations about the, you know, a narrow topic like the Cubs bullpen construction. But I think that uh, it will provide, nobody's celebrating the hiatus, of course, both for reasons of national health, but also for the fact that like nobody wants to see baseball gone for multiple months at a time, but it, does it is going to provide the opportunity at the back end of it that the conversations that we'll have and the coverage that guys like us will get to do and the things that we'll get to think about will be uniquely interesting and uniquely entertaining i think uh in ways that we've never experienced before so i guess um if we can divorce some of the nastiness in our mind for a moment it's like okay well Someday that's that is going to be pretty cool, actually. So we'll we'll leave it at that. We'll look forward on a, a hopeful and positive note. And um, you know, again, just thank you so much to the folks who are listening. Um, it really does. I'll speak only for myself, but just having this opportunity to communicate with Zahadev and Patrick and our producer Adam and the listeners by extension, it just it makes me feel a little bit better. Um, so I appreciate that. And I appreciate you folks listening to give us the opportunity to do that. Make sure you are, uh, subscribing to onto Waveland, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, maybe give us the old five star if you feel it in your heart and otherwise check out Sahadev and Patrick's work at the athletic. We'll, it'll continue apace through this period of time. Uh, you can check out my work, Brett Taylor. I'm at uh, BleacherNation.com. And, of course, follow us on Twitter. Uh, that's uh, at Hot of Sharma, at PJ underscore Mooney, and at Brett underscore A underscore Taylor. Ah, I should have gotten my personal account so much sooner because I had to add in those two <laughs> underscores and middle initial. It sucks. I hate my handle. It sucks. Uh, so, anyway, thank you, folks. Love you all. <laughs> we'll talk again soon. What I'm gonna, you don't want me to bitch about my Twitter handle is the final thing. Sort of chuckling just, under his breath. No, I want I, I want you to approach Brett at, at Brett Taylor and tell him you'll you'll pay him out I for should. that handle. Just yeah. get it done, Brett. Jeez. Well, what I want is at Brett. You know, like that's what I want. But it's it's some it's some big wig or something with like with Twitter or something. I'm like, oh shit, he's not giving that up. Yeah, uh, I, I don't so. know why I didn't get at Sahadev. That was foolish on my part. <laughs> Blew it. Blew it. 
All right. Well, yeah. thank you, folks. We'll talk again <laughs> soon. We'll see you next week. Uh, be safe and take care of each other. Bye.